In this episode, my friend Tyrone sits down with me for the second time. He was on last year, and we pretty much get caught up. He's three years into the infinite banking concept, three years into becoming his own banker, and we talk about some family dynamics and 401ks and a little bit about retirement. We had a good conversation. Hope you enjoy listening. Thank you. Welcome to the Banking with Life podcast. I'm your host, James Nethery, and I'm excited. I'm always excited when I have friends and clients come on as guests, and Tyrone is with us today. He has been on previously in uh, a two-part episode, 130 and 131, and I think that was titled Building and Controlling Generational Wealth, and uh, my encouragement is for you to go listen to those, especially if you're you're new uh, newly, you know, exposed to this idea of the infinite banking concept, becoming your own banker, because Tyrone gives, I mean, a thorough, uh, legitimate overview of the infinite banking concept, becoming your own banker. And I thought it was very powerful because it is very powerful. And so my encouragement is to go listen to that. Um, if you have the opportunity and you'll be glad that you did in, uh, you know, Tyrone, uh, you know, I guess we've known each other a couple of years now, and I'm very mm-hmm. excited that, you know, you're here with us again, and I appreciate the uh, time that you've carved out for us and the opportunity just to, you know, catch up. Okay, how are you? Hey, James, uh, I'm good down here in Magnolia, and uh, <laughs> you're right, uh, it, it's been uh Coming up on three years, you know, since I've been, you know, a practitioner of, of, of uh, the IBC concept and, 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 and met you and um, both of those endeavors have worked very well in my life. So um, I'm still, you know, uh, excited about, you know, this concept and I'm, I'm, you know, because I'm such a firm believer in it. And, and as I said from that first uh, broadcast or podcast, I, you know, the reason that I, I love the concept so is because I was looking for the concept before I found it. And so it, it, it was a natural fit for me. And, and just a positive, um, powerful financial tool, you know, that, that, that is uh, needed, and, and I, I think uh, uh, it's, it's worked well for me and my family thus far. It, <clears throat> I appreciate that, uh, you saying that and sharing that. It's worked well for me and my family, too, really better than I thought. And going back, you know, I've done this quite a few years, and <clears throat> when I was uh, first exposed, you know, I'm thinking, man, there's something wrong. This is too good to be true, or I've never heard it. Um, and I've been in the life insurance business, you know, 14 years. And I just, I knew it was good. Couldn't really put my finger on it. And, uh, literally for the first, probably four years, I was looking for the problem, you know, what, what was going to go wrong? What was wrong? When's a hammer going to fall? You know, kind of a looking over your shoulder, like, um, just really, not expecting, but I wouldn't have been surprised if there would have been a problem, you know, just kind of looking for the problem and the problem never, never appeared. You know, I mean, the problem has always been between my ears. Um, and I'm just saying I've had the right. same experience. It's gotten better and better, better than I expected, you know, and what, what other, you know, financial endeavors do you engage in that, that uh, continually get better and better? 
you know? Well, (laughs) you know, it's ironic you should say that because, you know, obviously, you know, I I, I spent 37 years working, you know, for uh, uh, um, the electric distribution company here in Houston. And uh, obviously I was um, part of the in uh, participating in the 401k process. And so you, you look at James. The stock market today, <laughs> and you, you know you can kind of see where it is headed south. You look at the banking today. <laughs> oh yeah, let me let me just say that we're recording this on the you know the sixteenth of March, and so all of these banks have just you know four or five of them have uh, three of them for sure, and yeah you know, uh, have collapsed and. So I just want to interject that yeah. kind of time frame. Yeah. So, oh, yes, great point. And so, it, it, what's so ironic about this, James, is I got uh, received a call yesterday, and as you know, I've got eight kids. So, <clears throat> and so it's my twenty-seven-year-old daughter. I mean, yesterday Wednesday, she calls me, and she's she calls me from work. She's uh, uh she goes to uh, school. She still goes to school, but she's also works full time as a carrier for USPS. Right. So she's a mail carrier, and so she calls me. She says, uh, <laughs> she says, Dad, let's talk uh, silicon. Let's talk banking for a second. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I, says, uh, I says, okay, let's talk banking. <laughs> so she says, she says, so I'm out here working hard and, and, and trying to do good with my money. She says, where in the world do I, she said, where in the world does a girl go <laughs> just put her money and it, it keeps and it stays safe. You know, she can keep safely keep her money. And and I thought about, you know, all the times, you know, that that I still, you know, as you know, I said in the first podcast, my family and I were still tight knit, and we still have what we call uh, a state of the Whitfield family discussion. So they all come home, and we sit down, and we have meetings. And I and I've introduced them to the IBC concept every chance I get, but sometimes James, it's kind of like you hear but you don't hear, <laughs> and and so I, I I then begin to say, well, you know, dear, um, uh, the infinite banking concept that we talk about during our meetings, I said, you know, you can kind of see now where the safety it provides uh, comes in. It, it's a safeguard, it's guardrails for current uh, um, situations that we see happening um, in, in, in with, with the banking today, you know? So it's a safe place where you can, you can save your money without being worried about, uh, am I gonna lose it? Uh, am I going to lose more this month than last month or, you know, those kind of situations. So it, it, it's almost like the light bulb went off for her again. She says, oh, yeah, we have been talking about that. You've been mentioning that. And so I began to t- tell her in, uh, uh, there again about the IBC process. And, and if you have money 
especially uh, savings, don't, you know, take it out and stick it under a mattress. <laughs> don't do that because you're losing. But you could, should consider, you should consider the infinite banking concept and, and, and uh, whole life insurance policy and then saving that money within that policy. And, and the, the, the power of, in, you know, the insurance is, is that's the other thing we, we kind of talked about too, James, was the differences between a bank and an insurance company. It's, it's, it's difference between, you know, even the way they handle the money, the banking. You know, I, I told her, I says, every deposit you make, that bank can take that money, that paycheck that you deposit, and they can turn around and loan that out up to 10 times the value you put in there. She says, well, where did they get that money from? I says, they don't. They don't have it. The money is just created out of poof, out of thin air. I said, they don't have the money. You know, so I said, that's the problem. You know, so they're, they're, they're doing this kind of thing. So you, you have enough people come in, you hear, they hear about a bank maybe having a situation or or, 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 or or having trouble and they come in, hey, give me my money. And everybody starts making a run on the bank. And then before you know it, the bank is like, hey, we don't have that money in the back room anywhere. So, you know, it leads to trouble. So you, you don't run into, I tell you, you don't see that with the, you know, uh, insurance policy. You know, you see it with the banking policy, uh, with the banking account, but not necessarily insurance. That's the difference. So her, you know, light bulb went off for and she, you know, um, walked away with a, you know, positive experience from what we have been telling her here a number of times before. Yeah, <clears throat> most people, you know, don't really think about it. <clears throat> Excuse me, you know, you don't. We don't get up every day thinking of bank runs, you know. <clears throat> but that's what happens. It's it's part of the fractional, you know, reserve banking system. You know, there, there's, uh, they don't have reserves. They're thin reserves. And, you know, just like you said, they can leverage 10 to 1, right? 10 deposit 100,000, you know, they can loan out 900,000. Well, actually, banks can lend out much more. They're, they're much more, they're leveraged much more than 10 to 1, right? <clears throat> and then the, uh, the, uh, I mean, even to do that, you know, they're creating money out of thin air. Where a life insurance co company, they can't leverage that. You know, they can't create, you know, cash values out of thin air. You know, they can't, which is what you borrow against in a life insurance policy is the cash value. So they can't leverage those cash values. So then they can't, you know, leverage the loans. Um, now, they do invest in bonds, right? So you hear a lot of that. And, and I'm not pretending to know exactly all the details of SVG Bank and the other banks that have invested in cryptocurrency and then they're all leveraged at Silicon Valley and you know heavily uh, leveraged into mortgages and yeah. uh, Silicon Valley employees that are losing their jobs and um, so there's a number of things that went on on top of the money that they're probably laundering for all of the you know big name people in Hollywood I don't know all of the details but 
Yeah. You know, as interest rates go up, yeah, bond values go down. You're going to hear a lot about that. Well, then we had to, you know, we had to liquidate the bonds at a loss, you know, and then that just catapulted into these all these hedge funds withdrawing their money and blah, 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 and blah, blah, blah. Same story over and over. But how do you take a 200 and something billion dollar company and you can't, you can't withstand a 1% compression on $2 billion worth of bonds? Yeah, no, the math doesn't add up there either, right? Um, anyway, I digress a little bit. You know, if we go back far enough, the uh, the Federal Reserve, right, was created in 1913. So that is the central bank of the United States, the, the last one, the current one. Um, there were two previous to that in history in the U.S. But my point here is these life insurance companies, and I'm not saying there's, you know, pure as the driven snow at all, but they predate the Federal Reserve, yeah. They predate the tax code. You know, this idea of, of saving money, quote unquote, paying a premium, accumulating a cash value, a store of wealth, a store of capital is not new. You know, it might seem new to us because we've been surrounded by 401k since the 80s. And this is where you put your money in a 401k and IRA and the right. Keo plan, you know, and in the market, the market, the market. Well, prior to the 80s, you look through the 30s, 40s, 50s, and 60s, and beyond, even, you know, the 1830s, 1840s, 50s, 60s, it was very common for us and our, you know, ancestors to buy life insurance and to put money into life insurance. And, you know, today, though, that's a, a almost a foreign concept. But it's so simple when you... Look through the structure, you know, <laughs> and then too, as a, as a side note, and I, I can't prove this. I've heard this several times in my career over the last 30 years. Um, and I'd really like if I find the, the documentation, I'm going to, you know, shout it from the rooftops. But in the 30s, um, I understand I've been told uh, and read somewhere, I believe that some of these life insurance companies paid their dividends in gold to make a point. So, you know, it had to be pre-1933, right? Because that's when FDR put out that executive order and gave our people, you know, three weeks to turn in their their gold, right? So it had to be prior to that. So probably 32 during the Depression, 29, 30, 31, 32. Think about that. They're, I mean, what a statement. What a powerful statement. Here, you want a dividend? Come get it in gold. That's wow. crazy, right? So. Um, yeah, try, try having a bank pay, pay that interest in gold. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, go make a withdrawal, right? If it's five, ten, fifteen, twenty thousand dollars $20,000, you better call them and give them a week to gather up the money i don't know <laughs> yeah. like, in, in fact I, I, that's an excellent point jamie you, you brought out some excellent points that, that was another part of the conversation i had with my daughter yesterday how that i had needed i told her i had needed uh exactly twenty two hundred dollars for something uh three months ago and I, I can't remember what it is right now but i went to the local branch and it's 2200 not 22000 2200 $2,200. And the branch says, well, 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 we'll get it here for you next Wednesday. Or we'll get it to you uh, two days from now. $2,200. Seriously? Wow. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I, I couldn't believe it. But 
that's where it is. You know, the, the point I was making to her was just reemphasizing that the banks, they don't they do not store your deposit in a vault in the back somewhere. That money's lent out. And so, uh, you know, it's just just uh, uh, amazing how that, you know, that that process works and it, it can lead to trouble. Yeah. As you said, if everyone makes a run. Yeah. And, and you know, I don't need, I don't even know what the ratio to actual, you know, physical currency to digits is. But I'm sure that, you know, talk about storage. They've got it stored on a computer system you know at the federal reserve it's like they're digits you know um, yeah, but it's part and parcel you know just like the yeah. uh boom bus cycle is part and parcel of the economy bank runs are part and parcel of fractional reserve banking period yeah. period and uh that's you know that's just and you talk about the the current economy and the market, which neither, we can't control any of that. You know, we can't control what interest rates are. We can't control what the market is or isn't. You know, but what we can control as an individuals, sometimes we can control what comes out of our mouth, right? Sometimes mm-hmm. if we have discipline, right? Sometimes we can control what's going on between our ears, and you know, sometimes mm-hmm. we can control what we actually do, where we actually put our money, right? Right, and. Uh, and so we can control our actions is my point here. And if there's something wrong and everybody knows there's something, we all intuitively know there's something wrong. You know, we might not be able to put our finger on it. You know, anecdotally, we, you know, we can say, well, yeah, the market's down or, you know, there's a couple of banks collapsing. But much more than that in our big, broad economy, we know that something's not right. Well, it, in and if that is the case, it's okay to explore that, you know, and just like kind of think that through. Just pay attention to what's going on. I'm not talking about being esoteric and reading tea leaves. You mm-hmm. can listen to what they say, and you can watch what they do, the markets, right, the banking industry. Um, and then you can do something about it in a proactive manner. You know, you can, whether it's self-preservation of wealth, uh, whatever it is, you can be proactive. And you know, what if you made a mistake? I mean, and I'm not trying to run on and on here, but, you know, I'm encouraging education, right? Just kind of pay attention to what's going on. And if you mm-hmm. think there's something wrong, then I'm encouraging you to do something about it and to educate yourself. But then even if you make a mistake, you know, you can recover from mistakes. It's like, at least you did it and you could learn from it. It's not like, you know, putting money into the market somewhere. And I'm not an anti-market guy, but putting your money somewhere in the market, you have no control over and then lose money. It's like, what'd you learn from that? Does that make sense? I mean, yeah, yeah, absolutely does James. And, um, I, 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 um, yeah, I, I agree wholeheartedly with that um the thought comes to mind of um i like uh one of the points nelson nash made in, in his book it may have been one first book or the second book or maybe both but he was talking about money and and you know it needing to reside somewhere and um I, you, you know, there's there's options where it can reside. You know, it can reside under the mattress. It it can reside uh, in a um, savings account. It can reside 
within a whole life insurance policy. And um, for me, having done the homework that I did measured against, you know, some of these instances you're, you're, you brought out, um, the safest place that I found was, you know, ha having it reside within my whole life insurance policy. And let's face it, the other um, part of that, too, is, is for, I know for me growing up as a kid in the 60s, I saw my parents do that. You know, whole life insurance policies were not uh, foreign or not uncommon. They were, every, you know, they were a very common vehicle. Yeah. And there were several policies within homes and 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 I can remember as a kid, you know, the neighbors, you know, the same insurance guy who 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 would, you know, be an agent from my parents, he would go to my neighbors, you know, and 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 so everybody had them. And and and, and I saw my parents let their money, I don't know how much I was a kid, but I know they had money residing in those policies. And and so that's why it's it's it, you know, I would encourage everyone just put on the brakes for a minute, tune out a lot of what you're hearing, and oh, that's not that's not traditional. It's more traditional than than what you think is traditional because it, it predates what you, you you're calling traditional. But it, it's time, man, to, to for I need my money safe. You know, I need my money safe. I worked hard for my money and I want it. I want to keep it as safe as I can. And so uh, putting investing it there or, or saving it in my my insurance policy has has really uh, allowed me to sleep at night. I'm not worried about it. And, and not only this, James, uh, I'm giving you uh, another example of uh um, utilizing my uh, my policy, I had last since last time we talked, which I think was last April, I had decided, okay, I need a truck, and so <laughs> as I said, James, I've had eight kids, man, and <laughs> you know, so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna rehash how many vehicles I have bought. <laughs> <laughs> I could, oh my god man and and every kid you know they did they, they all they all had their own vehicle i mean anytime you you live in a greater houston area you, you have to have wheels man there's just you have to have your own wheels and so i'm not gonna rehash all of the thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars i paid in interest over time but but this time was different i says okay i need a truck I told my wife, Denise, this, I need a truck. Now, we having all those kids, we've had, er, uh, we've, I've had, I've owned two 15 passenger vans. Yeah, I've owned two yeah, of them. Now. Sure. Now, now, not at the same time, one replaced the other one. You <laughs> wore two of them out, huh? <laughs> So, you know, anytime you talk about the kids and then their friends, you know, you have that room. 
So, but but what I found out from that was, and and I'm a Ford man. I just I love Ford vehicles, and so I found out I got three hundred thousand miles easily on those vans. And, and I'm I'm the kind of guy I'm going to take a vehicle and I'm going to squeeze all of the juice out of it. So my truck, my truck, you know, hit run its last mile, and I said, you know, I'm giving a new truck, uh, and so. I, I said, okay, I've been practicing the infinite banking concept now for over, over two years. And uh, I'm going to, I walked in, I said, I'm going to go to that car dealer. And I was t- talking to my wife. I said, you know, how do I want to do this? Do I want, it, it's so great to have options, man. It is so great to have options. So I said, so how do I want to do this? Do I want to go in? And maybe uh, and, and te- instead of him, last thing you want to hear from a car salesman is, w- w- "What do you want me to make your note?" You know, because he can make it that, but he's he's eating you alive with interest, man, and you don't know it. So I walked in, and so I'm thinking, okay, I can decide what I want my own note to be without paying him an arm and a leg in interest. That was a great feeling. But what I opted to do, watch this, James. I said, you know what? I'm going to go in and I'm just going to buy it outright. (laughs) I want my note to be zero (laughs) with him. And so that's what I did. I chose that option. I went in and I, I said, I want that truck and he began to talk about payment plans. I don't want payment plans here. Yeah, I'm going. I want it outright cash. He says, "You gonna buy cash?" Yeah, I want it cash. And so uh, he says, "Well, great. Uh, is there a way you can dial in and let me see it?" <laughs> he wants to see it. Right, right. Yeah. Can't you finance it for ninety days and then pay it off? <laughs> yeah. You know how many? You know how many yeah. of his customers walk on the lot and say, "I want to buy something cash." Yeah, you were the only one he's seen in five years, probably. I don't know. It's in Houston, yeah. right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Absolutely. I'd like to so, see his eyeballs. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So it, it was uh, it, it was uh, an experience I hadn't seen since I was a kid. And I saw my dad pay pay uh, cash for a used Cadillac. Of me. I think it was something like $2,400 then. But this one was not. This was like around thirty grand. But it's it, it, it was quite a liberating feeling, quite a powerful feeling, if I can even say that, to be able to to go in and says, "Hey, I want that one," and you know, here, here's the cash for it. I, I don't want to deal with your finance room. I don't, you know, I don't want. And and, and then too, I'm not going to disparage this particular car dealer because I bought a lot. Cars yeah. from him, yeah, yeah. but it's still, it's it, it still. I would rather pay any time. You know, I would rather pay an interest back to my own banking <laughs> uh, um, a, a facility than I would paying it to Bank of you know, you know, uh, Bank of America or someone. So uh, I went in. I gave him cash. Uh, I drove out with the vehicle. So now what I did was obviously I borrowed that money from my policy 
So anytime you borrow, that means what? That's still a loan. And I, you know, my parents told me, pay what you owe, man. If you, you know, pay back what you owe. So I am now the banker. I pay the note. I pay as much of that back as I want, or I pay as little of that uh, back as I as I want. And I can tell you now, I have not been consistent with the same amount of payments over the month. And you know how many times I've heard from the from the life insurance company saying, hey, Mr. <laughs> Whitfield, you didn't pay last month or, or you pay three hundred dollars less than you pay last month. You know how many times I've heard from them? Zero. Right. <laughs> they have not called. They have not. They have not sent me nasty grounds. They have not sent me threatening emails or, or any of that. You know, in, in fact, I've called them several times since then. They never even mentioned it. So it, it's <laughs> right. it's it's incredible. Incredible. If you think about that, those those of you, you, you your parent, you have teenage kids, you, you got to get things like vehicles, you got to get dental work done. You got it's it's incredible to go in, lay that out cash and then pay it back to your banking system as you decide and not have anybody calling you, threatening you. That is Man, that's priceless. That's priceless. <laughs> okay, so we went long, so we're going to cut it here and pick it up in part two. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you then. Thank you for joining us on the Banking with Life podcast. If you're watching on YouTube, make sure to like and subscribe and click on that little notification bell. Otherwise, join us on Apple Podcasts and Stitcher for weekly content.